Welcome back for another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. <laughs> What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles, and I got Josh from Outdoor Limits with me tonight. How are you doing tonight, Josh? <laughs> I knew this was coming. It's the same intro every time. <laughs> hey, if it's not broke, don't fix it, man. Well, we're in North Dakota, so that's yeah. something. Yep, it's definitely a little different. So, kind of lay the scene for you guys. We are on an adventure um, we actually, we were, we scheduled this collab over the summer and it's like a couple years in the making because we talked about it on a whim, just never happened. That was last year. Then in the off season this year, you're like, Hey man, we need to meet for a collab again. And so we got the wheels turning and we were supposed to go out to Iowa. And so I had actually been scouting and hunting. Um, where's, where's the trombone sound effect for that one? <laughs> I think it's this one. I can't remember. No, not that one. There we go. That's Iowa right now. <laughs> yeah. So Iowa didn't have the weather, didn't have the birds. Um, but yeah, I've been hunting over there for till season. I hunted over there for their opener, made some good buddies over there. And we had a plan to go join those guys. But I got to talking with them and it was just looking beyond bleak. So, um, but honestly, um, Pretty, pretty good circumstances because we ended up in North Dakota. So. Jordan called me last week. He says, so I still got these days off from work and I want to hunt. And I'm thinking about going to North Dakota. What do you think about going to North Dakota? I'm like, I don't know. I've been there once this year. It's kind of far. He twisted my arm like, you, didn't really, you really didn't have to try. I don't know. I feel like, uh, like I told you the first time, right? I told you, let's go to North Dakota. And you pretty much just shut it down. And you're like, nah. You're, what'd you say? It was in the text message, I think. But you pretty much told me I was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I'm like, all right, maybe I'm crazy. But then I just looked, like looked at weather. I was like, all right, maybe I can go to UP Michigan. Maybe I can stay closer to home. Looked at Iowa again. I'm like, yeah, just nothing looks good. And then I looked at the weather for North Dakota. And there's this front <laughs> coming through like tomorrow. <laughs> so um, that's kind of what got me really in the mood for, for North Dakota. So, and you've always wanted to come here. Yeah, yeah. I think every duck hunter has always wanted to come here. I mean, yeah. Everyone, it, it's. I wouldn't say it's like been super high on my list of places to go. Like it doesn't have like that wow factor that I'm looking for. I guess. <coughs> Excuse me. Unlike for you, because we got to get into talking about you scouting today. But <laughs> um, it for me, it doesn't really have like that wow factor because it's very similar environment yeah to what i'm used to like yep. it's different but it's very similar like it's not like i'm hunting on the great lakes or in the pacific coast or things like that yeah i got you similar <clears throat> but there's there's definitely like it, it's like you said there's it's the central flyway similar landscape to kind of what you hunt real midwest area um but like nodak you know it has a name for a reason right it's just the, the fact that it's called nodak it's like it's a there's like some mystique around it as as waterfowlers, especially someone who hasn't been here. You know, what is this? What's the hype all about? Uh, all about? And you see like, you always see pictures from trips somebody's taken in your area and they're just piling them up. And yeah, it's just feels like a place that we have to go. Also, side note, if you hear any noise, Chief's in here just lounging around like a giant bear making all kinds of weird noises. So <laughs> gets to be a house dog finally. Yep. Yep. He likes these trips, I think. I'd say so. But yeah, we're finally here. It was, uh, <clears throat> today was interesting. 
Because I left the house at like 5.15. Where are you going? Do you need a lozenge? Jordan Jordan likes to wear, like suck on lozenges when he podcasts. I found that out about him. Good luck getting Chief away from you now. Chief wants a lozenge. Big Ricola guy, huh? I've been fighting. Man, I've had colds for like three weeks straight. So I feel like I'm fine until we're going to like start talking. I just coughed a couple times. The last podcast, I was coughing like crazy. So <laughs> it was probably annoying to listen to. I listened to it today. You didn't really talk on it, though. I tried not to. <laughs> and it was all about Elliot. So, <laughs> well, why would we even want to listen to that podcast? <laughs> no, that was a good moment. I'm just ready to like shoot piles and then send a picture to Matt and say, suck it, Matt. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's uh, always my life goal. But <laughs> it's hard to do. Hard to do when uh, he lives in rural Nebraska where uh, he can just walk out his back porch and, and uh, swing his arms around and these ducks come in in piles. <laughs> at least that's the way it appears. So I left my house at like 5.15 this morning. Yep. And we went on a hunt this afternoon and shot birds. Yeah. <clears throat> That's pretty good. Yep. I got here a little bit earlier. I left the night before, got a hotel, and kept on rolling, um, and then got out here to scout. So, <laughs> yep. And that, yeah, that was a lot of fun. But honestly, we probably, let's get a quick word from the partners and then we'll jump to the the main the main meat of the podcast. Just so you guys know, we're going to be talking about our scout and then our hunt and then our plans for... Don't tell them everything. They have to <laughs> leave a little bit of mystery to this podcast. Okay. And then after that, we're going to talk about a mystery. <laughs> the mystery. The mystery. So... First off, I'd like to give a big, big thanks, thanks to Onyx. To Onyx. <laughs> I'll just let you do it. <laughs> First off, I'd like to give a big thanks to Onyx. Onyx <laughs> is the best hunting app out there when it comes to finding public land or private land boundaries. And uh, actually, it's been really useful for us up here in North Dakota. Because, it has been. Um, North Dakota is unique <clears throat> because it's got, if it's not posted as like private, if it's private land, it's like not posted, like no hunting or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like it's free game. Yeah, you can just. Uh, it just has amazing access laws, pretty yeah, much. It's it's pretty cool, but there's a lot of stuff that's been digitally posted, mm-hmm. and there's stuff that's been physically posted. Onyx has a like amazing platform to use to find what's digitally posted. Plus, it also shows you where's pub, what like public land areas are out there. So. Yeah. Yeah, and to mention our private land spot that we got permission on. Yes. Spoilers for later. I mean, we I had to use Onyx, click on it, go to the guy's house, and uh, you know, so it was a game changer there. That's where we're hunting in the morning, and and here, here I'm not leaving much mystery for the podcast. But. Leave some mystery. <laughs> so, anyways, check out Onyx, guys. A uh, big partner for both me and Josh. Uh, also, like to give a big thanks to Motion Ducks. Uh, Motion Ducks. Motion Ducks is an awesome. Uh, decoy spreader. It is a um, jerk rig on steroids. You put it out there on those no wind days. You got glass on the water, and it gives you that lifelike motion. Gives you the ripples on the water, and it is a game changer, especially for those under seven mile per hour wind days when those birds just seem where they don't want to finish. Put that right in your set, and you're good to go. So check them out, guys. Use code Duck Gun twenty twenty over there on their website for ten percent off. 
Also like to give a big thanks to um, Rogers and Final Approach. Guys, Final Approach has some awesome waterfowl gear from the accessories, the decoys, the camo, you name it. It's the one-stop shop for the duck hunter. Um, honestly, I've probably talked about it more times on the podcast um, than <laughs> than I can remember, but my my probably my favorite product from them this year is the waterfowl backpack. It's legit. It's, I mean, it's the best. I, I I got it, and I thought it was just going to be another blind bag. I've had backpack blind bags in the past, but just everything about it's awesome. It's got the hard shell on the bottom. It's got the waterproof zippers. It's got the gun caddy on the side. Um, it's, it's You can hang it on a tree. You and can it's hang, got yep. the fold-out little thing. For the gun? No. Like, like that front pocket? Oh, yeah, If you yeah, unzip yeah. it and it's hung, hung on a tree, it'll fold flat. Yep, yep, you're right. I have never, I haven't used that part of it. I have hung it from a tree. I've done all that. So, um, it's just an awesome waterfowl blind bag, and it's a backpack. So their decoys are pretty legit. Yeah, yep. We got the the live mallards. We're running uh, the flock head mallards and the black ducks, and um, yeah, just all around. It's it's just a, a great a great company to go check out for all your waterfowl needs. And buy it all at Rogers Sporting Goods. <laughs> Rogers the one. Sport- place to buy waterfowl hunting gear oh yeah also like to give a big thanks to weatherby weatherby i've been running the um, 20 gauge 18i this year i've uh, been loving it I, honestly i feel like i just shoulder that gun so well it looks slick um it is just you know for what they've done on their design uh for the new waterfowl gun i'm just i'm just super pleased with it yeah when you think of weatherby you don't think of shotguns really no yeah they're known for their their rifles but um, I think that's about to change with the the focus they're having on some of these really cool waterfowl guns. I'm loving it. It's it's been great. Yep. Oh, and they actually just launched this Friday. Um, so that's t- tomorrow. They're launching uh, their tw- their 12 gauge and the three inch chambered gun. So that's what uh, I'm shooting now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and they got three new camos on that one too. Yeah, Maceo Habitat. Awesome. And that's what you that's got. What, that's what mine is. Yeah. Nice. I had to switch up from the three and a half inch to the three inch. Yeah, yeah. I never shoot three and a half inch shells, um, so you know, um, the three inches. This that's where it's at for me. I feel like the three and a half inch guns always, no matter what brand it is, they, they, they got to have springs with um, that are tighter for for three and a half. Yeah, for running three and a half. So you get those light loads like dove loads or early till loads. And I've ran into issues just with any brand, not just. So I'm just like I'm never. I don't think I'll ever buy a three and a half inch shell gun because I, I feel like three and a half inch is just overkill. You really don't need it. I used to shoot three and a halfs. I did too. Now I, I don't. <laughs> it was like a thing. I feel like everybody thought you had to have three and a half inch shells, but you don't. Yeah. Yeah. Tetra. Yep. Tetra. Tetra. I, I almost have these memorized, don't <laughs> you I? You do. <laughs> yep. Tetra. Uh, guys, Tetra hearing is... Um, the best. They it, are... I've been using it for like before they came out with them to the market yeah yeah it, it it is it is why i wear hearing protection now oh yeah uh same with me i was kind of neglecting it and you know we had bill on the podcast um a few times now and, and you know it's just opened my eyes to all the reasons why you should have hearing protection and we were talking about this earlier on the hunt it was like now that i wear hearing protection if a gunshot goes off i'm not wearing hearing protection like it actually hurts my ears yeah. Whereas, like before, you just didn't notice it, right? Or you just kind of accepted it. 
Yeah. As, and how many times have you been wearing hearing protection and you felt a muzzle blast on your face? Oh, yeah. I've definitely happened um, a few times this early season. And you're like, man, I'm, I'm so glad I have my hearing protection in. <laughs> yep. I had a hunt this year as well where um, we got to the hunt late. Everything was running behind and get set up. And then the <clears> birds <throat> are flying. And I didn't have time to get my hearing protection in. And I did get muzzle blast. And I was like, oh, man, this is the first time in like years. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't miss that. No. I, because it, it was like for a noticeable amount of time. It wasn't like I got muzzle blast and I was back to normal. I mean, it took like half the hunt before I could start hearing right. Oh, yeah. So. it. I mean, their technology is fantastic. Like, I don't even notice I'm wearing hearing protection, just like sound quality wise. Yep. Yep. They're definitely awesome. I think when you first start wearing them, you know, you get used to the, the call-in and all that. After that, then it's like, yeah, it's, it's like, seamless. It's like. It takes a couple seconds for your brain to adjust. Like, first off, like, it takes a little bit longer. But then, like, now if I put my hearing protection in, it's like after 30 seconds, it's like normal. Yeah. And you just don't notice it. For me, it's like as soon as that action starts, it's like you forget. You forget you're wearing hearing protection. You hear everything you need to hear. And Which is the goal. That's yeah. why the, the product is so great. It's like you can protect your hearing while also hearing all yep. the stuff that you need to hear. Awesome. Are we missing anybody else? Um, and lastly, uh, make sure you guys, uh, you know, I, uh, <laughs> a lot of seasons already started, but it's never too late to start up your Hunt Stats, Hunt Stats account. So, um, you know, that is what we're using for tracking our hunts. Um, you know, you can check weather with it. You can track your shooting percentage. You can track. For me, the, I think the coolest part is keeping track of your harvest and species and all that kind of stuff. It is kind of cool. Because, yep. like, when you're talking to people at the end of the season, you're like, well, hold on. Let me pull up how many ducks I shot. Yeah, yeah. I can go species by species. Yeah, this is how many mallards I shot this year. The The leaderboard is kind of fun, though. Because, yep. like, you get to see how you're measuring up to other people. Like, I don't look at everybody. I just, like, look at the people that I know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And try to beat them. <laughs> I was beating you for a while. I don't think I am anymore. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, I got a, and I got some wood duck hunts to add still, but... <clears throat> Um, yeah, so anyways, guys, definitely check out the Hunt Stats uh, over there, uh, and you can join it either by on the app, or in the app you can get it on Android or Apple. Just go in the App Store, it's a little orange icon, search Hunt Stats, um, and and uh, you can also get it by joining our Patreon over there at patreon.com slash freelance duck hunting. Alrighty, let's go ahead and talk about the Scout. So, yeah. I was driving. It's kind of <clears throat> funny, yeah. What's going on? <laughs> hey, you need a lot of throat lozenger? <laughs> no, I'm okay. <laughs> but uh, the I was driving to, hey, Chief, you don't eat that. Uh, Chief, go. I was on the road, and I knew Jordan was going to get there before me, and he was going to go scout. And so did you call me? Yeah, because I was about to call you, but I was on the phone with my wife. And so, uh, you call me, and I'm like, hey, Jordan, call me. Got to let you go. And you're like, there's birds everywhere. <laughs> and I'm like, well, welcome to North Dakota, Jordan. Yeah. Well, I, I put a pin down on a public land spot, and I was driving to it. And like, uh, I look over, and there's just like a tornado of birds flying in the sky. And it was actually bigger than any feed or uh, pothole. That we found, but this one was marked and it was private, so we couldn't hunt it. But yeah, there was just like a thousand geese in it and a bunch of ducks and two eagles went down in there and scared them all up. 
So, yeah, I definitely got pretty excited about it. Chief Chief wants to be petted. He's trying hard, man. (laughs) So Jordan Jordan calls me, and he's freaking out. And so this commences like the last two and a half hours of my drive, and I'm just listening to Jordan scout the whole time. (laughs) Like, we're on the phone, and he's just telling me everything he's finding. And uh, it was pretty funny. And then a pheasant flies across the road. He's like, oh, there's a pheasant. Yeah. It was like listening to a kid at like Disneyland or whatever. Yep. Kid in a candy store. That was me for sure. So, I mean, but it, uh, there, there was a lot of birds and a lot of different potholes. A lot of coots. A lot of coots. <laughs> Unfortunately, I think the coots probably uh, screwed us a little bit today yeah. on the evening hunt. But, um, but yeah, no, I mean, there's just tons of potholes with birds everywhere. And it's like I said, we had to, I had to get used to the, um, digital the digital versus the physical posting mm-hmm. because um, it, it seemed like everywhere there was birds it was posted unfortunately and so maybe that's just people hunting right could be <laughs> or maybe it was just bad luck but everywhere I went I found birds it was um, I'd look and it wouldn't be digitally posted it'd be physically posted so I'd be like oh we're good to go and then I'm like driving around and finally I'd find like the sign where they posted Mm-hmm. So that was like a bummer, like multiple times because it was physically close. You like said, I, I need to stop getting my hopes up. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but I did end up one that was physically posted. There's a bunch of birds in there, like a bunch. And uh, that's where, actually where we're planning to hunt tomorrow. But I stopped over at the... Well, I, I told you, you're like, there's a ton of birds. like, And you're asking me, like, uh, like what amount of birds is worth to like go knock on the door? I'm like, just go ask. Mm-hmm. And you looked, and you're like, hey, it's just a mile down the road. Might as well, right? So Jordan went to go knock on a door for the first time in North Dakota. Yeah. Super nice people. They gave him a tour of their house and <laughs> fed him some lunch. They might have, man. They were that nice. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. I think if I've been like, do you guys have a bite to eat? Like, <laughs> they would have just invited me in. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they're super nice. The guy uh, got in his truck and drove down and, and showed me around, showed me the lane I could drive up into and told me hunting stories, told me about his dogs. And, um, yeah. So, yeah, like the people up here are super nice. That's for sure. Hey, you're one for one. Yeah. Yep, I'll take those odds, man. I'm honestly, I mean, I'm not trying to brag or anything, but I feel like I have a pretty good percentage for getting yeses. Maybe it's just luck of the draw, but I've done pretty good, like in Michigan, asking for permission. Like you can't, like you can't help it if they've already given permission to somebody or they hit them hunt it themselves. But it's like somebody that's gonna potentially give you permission. Like it's just a yes or no. I feel like I got a pretty good system down to. You've been doing pretty good. Yeah, to get the yes. So I'll take what I can get. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a good time. Yeah. Should we talk about like w- the gear that we brought? Yeah. Yeah. We're, you- we're ready for anything. <laughs> like within reason, I'd say. I don't know. I feel like even without of with what's the right way to say this outside of recent. <laughs> I think it's crazy. We got two guys and like two. We brought two trucks and like we brought so much gear. 
<laughs> hey, you never know what you're going to Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm all about having the right tool for the right job. But I just think it's actually hilarious how many how much stuff we brought. So We've got 10 dozen Canada silhouettes, a dozen spec silhouettes, <laughs> a dozen LastPass goose floaters, a dozen live honker floaters, which are new for this year. Um, four pulsators. Yep. Four flocket flickers. Yep. Three spinners. Yep. Three about three dozen float uh, duck floaters. Mm-hmm. Two layout blinds. A frame. A canoe. <laughs> two dog crates. <laughs> two dogs. Yep. Two dogs. Podcast gear. Three. Yeah. I brought three pairs of waders. I brought two. <laughs> I already popped a hole in one of them. How many guns? How many guns did you bring? I brought two. I brought two too. So I brought my over under. Mm, I wish I, I brought an over under. I should bring it out for a duck hunt to do like a clickbaity like over under duck hunting video. Yeah, because <laughs> that's unheard of. Yeah, title your title would be uh, under overs are superior. Who calls them an under over? <laughs> Sorry, over under. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dyslexic apparently. But we're, I mean, we're ready for anything. Like I would, I would love to find some mallards in a field. Yeah, let's just stick to finding <clears throat> mallards first. <laughs> hey, everything's going to change tomorrow. I got a feeling. Yeah, because we got it going from seventy degrees. Whoa, whoa! <laughs> what is happening? Seventy degrees today to lows in the twenties. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, yeah, in like 36 hours, because it's going to go tonight, it's like 70 degrees, and by midnight, the tomorrow, mm-hmm. so I don't know how many hours that is, but <laughs> anyways, by midnight tomorrow, and it was 70 degrees while we're hunting this evening, it's going to be below freezing, so that's some big change. Bring on the mallards. Yeah. It'd be nice to find some honkers. Like you said, you didn't see a whole lot of honkers. No, it was just that one feed that was, uh, or not even a feed. They're on a, a loaf there. And, uh, you know, it was like a thousand geese. So that was a lot, but, um, yeah, that was the only one. And it was posted and they lived an hour away. So I wasn't going to drive an hour to knock on it, but it might've been worth it <laughs> to be honest. We'll find something. Yeah, we'll find stuff. I don't think it'll be too hard to find stuff. Especially yeah. with the front coming in, getting fresh birds. Like, that's that's everything you could ask for, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Yep. But you scouted. You found you found three options of places to go tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I honestly, I wasn't planning on hunting today. I twisted your arm again. Yes. Jordan twisted my arm again. I told you. Because, like, I wanted to scout. Like, I wanted to figure out what's going on. But in all reality, with the cold front coming in, everything's going to change. At least, that's my speculation. Yeah. I mean, we could have put more time in scouting. We could have just, you know, kept kept scouting. And all we would have done is find more potholes. With more birds. With more birds. And then, like, just figure out. I think the thing is... There's so many options, it's hard to know where to go. Yeah. And, like, the weather right now isn't great for it. Because, like, the evening, there really wasn't a flight Mm-mm. at all. You know, if it was a cold day, a little bit different, I think we would have had 
way more of a flight. So that's, you know. I'm curious to see what the morning's going to be like. Because, I mean, it seems like ducks fly pretty good in the mornings. Yeah, and it's going to be the start of that. I mean, we have the northwest wind. We might have new birds tomorrow morning. Mm -hmm. Even though it's not cold yet, I feel like a lot of birds might ride that, you know. They could ride it. You never know. I mean, this time of year. We're in November. Anytime you get a north wind in November, it just feels like that you should get new birds. And, you know, the the later we get, and we're further south in November, the, the greater that chance is. So I feel like in North Dakota, at the beginning of November, with a strong 15-mile-per-hour north wind, it should bring in new birds. Especially, I mean, birds know. I don't know how. I don't know the science behind it, but they know that this cold snap's coming. By the end of the weekend, it's going to be like teens and single digits. So It's coming. I think we just lucked out with the time frame that we selected. Like, this couldn't have happened more perfectly. So I've got I've got high hopes for what we're gonna get ourselves into. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So tomorrow's scout, I guess we didn't talk about that too much, but I mean there was there's a ton of birds. I would say not even like a ton. I don't want to like overdo it. It'd be a ton for like Indiana. But uh I think there was a hundred plus that I could see. And that's the thing we're saying, like we couldn't see the whole lake. Uh, if I can see a hundred plus, there's probably more, and that's at like three in the afternoon. So what's it going to look like at eight in the morning? <laughs> mm-hmm. And who knows how many other ducks were on the pieces of water right next to it, and how much it was going to bounce around? Because it seems like the birds were just kind of bouncing around water to water. Yeah, yep, definitely. So I don't know. I think I think it'll be pretty good in the morning. I hope so. That's my prediction. I'd like to shoot some ducks. You got a prediction how many we'll shoot? Nope. Don't want to be put on the spot? I'd like to shoot a limit. I would too. Are we going to talk about Cora? We got to talk about our hunt. Oh, yeah. Okay, we can talk about the whole hunt. So, um, we kind of went out of order. I forgot we didn't talk about the hunt. No, we didn't. So... This oh, well, is guess, the place you scouted. I guess, yeah, we scouted. So I scouted this one as well. And, I mean, there was... At first, all this saw was cutes, right? And then I got closer, and there's just a bunch of gadwall mixed in. I mean... It was a bunch of coots. Yeah, it was like a thousand coots, <laughs> maybe more. The coot bus rolled up to the side of the road and opened the door. I've never seen that many coots in one spot. Because this, this little spot, it was public piece. It had, like... It had a thousand coots. Like I'm not exaggerating. Over a thousand. And then and that was just one side, and the other side had just as many, if not more. <laughs> just a bunch of coots. Yeah. And then it mixed in there was a bunch of gadwall and some teal and um just other ducks. But <clears throat> it was like a thousand teal, hundreds of gadwall, and then some other ducks just here or there. But anyways, we got there. And we decided that we decided that's what the evening hunt was going to be. So we got there. We we got the canoe, loaded it up, ready to go. I made you a believer in the canoe. <laughs> I was never a doubter in the canoe. Well, you don't have one. You only have kayaks. Yeah, I've always wanted a canoe, but I don't have a place to keep it. Mm. Yeah, you can just be like me and just keep them in your side yard. <laughs> Do you have like a homeowners homeowners association? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. You still like you still like boats in your yard. I no. <laughs> you put them in your backyard. Yeah. I mean, you got layout boats and all kinds of stuff. 
I don't need a canoe. <laughs> so I have two layout boats. You always need one more boat. That's the answer. When your wife asks you how many boats you need, you say one more. She doesn't care. <laughs> she really doesn't. Yeah. So well, we, we loaded the canoe, started paddling, got to our spot, started throwing decoys out. We brought the brown dog with us, my brown dog. Little brown. The little brown dog. <laughs> <clears throat> it was a good setup. Like I, We were just sitting in the cattails on dry ground, had the decoys out in front. Of, like it was, it was a comfortable setup, honestly. Yep. Yep. Only problem was it was 70 degrees. <laughs> we had two hours to hunt. Yeah. 70 degrees in a sunny hunt, but... We did get some birds. Yep. Mission accomplished. Got core on the birds. It was... So, the the first two birds were like... You hit them, but they weren't dead. And so, we had to follow up shoot. Yep. And my dog did not like that very much. She let you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was just ready to go. She's like, oh, yeah. They're already on the water. I was like, yeah, well, we just need to hit them again. <laughs> yeah. She did pretty good though, like steadiness wise. The first one, she stayed in her stand. The second one, as we were doing like the follow up shots, she like jumped down. But I don't know. I f- I feel like if we had like a perfect setup to where like the birds would just come in and shoot and dead, like it would it would have gone a lot smoother for her. But <clears throat> first bird shot it five follow-up shots at it um and and then sent the dog she was a little confused because she couldn't really see where it landed because the cattails were blocking her view but and it was 22 mile per hour winds so like the water definitely it wasn't smooth waves yeah if it was smooth water it would have been no she would have seen it no problem yeah well once she got out there i sent her she kind of took a weird line she didn't really know where she was going i got her attention casted her she did great in hand signals too, yeah. Went right to it, picked it up, came over. We, she's still needing to figure out the whole bring the bird straight back to me part. I think we'll get there with time. She just doesn't she just doesn't she she has this lingering desire to like keep <laughs> yeah. the bird for herself. Yeah. You can see it in her face. Yeah. In her like, body postures. It's like she's disappointed. She's like, Man, I want to keep this. Mm-hmm. But but I can't. So but yeah. she did great. I I was very happy with how she did, considering it was the first birds of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Uh, it was yeah, it was impressive. She did really great. So. She's just not quiet in the blind. Yeah, I think that's a problem right now that you can live with. She she really is very vocal though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see what we can do. Um, I've got I've got a few tricks that I want to try to see. See if it'll work. Yeah. A little positive reinforcement for being quiet. Oh, yeah. I just feel like at this point, you're just glad the dog's doing her job. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There it, it was such, yeah. It was such a struggle getting her to where she needed to be. <laughs> Chief, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> He's just mad. He's not the center of attention. <laughs> yeah, apparently. He knows we're talking about the other dog. Yep. But... Yeah, I mean, it was kind of a struggle getting her to where she needed to be, like that last little stretch. Because our our problem was delivery. She'd mark it, she'd go to it, but getting it back to hand was always a, a hard part for us. But we, we made a breakthrough, and 
I mean, there was never a point where I was like, you dumb dog, you do what you need to do. Like it was, it was all just like, she knew what she was there to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, she'd been doing it all along. Yeah. For real. (laughs) Especially with the hand signals. That was cool. Mm -hmm. Normally I don't want to handle on a mark. You want to let them kind of hunt for it a little bit, but that one, she, the first one she definitely needed help with the second one. I thought, no, she, had, she, she took a good line to that second one. Yeah. She was just off by like a few feet and then she saw it. Right. Yeah. She kind of corrected a little bit. And then the third one, a little surprise blue wing teal in November in North Dakota. Mm-hmm. Last bird I expected to shoot. Um, I don't know what you were doing. I was uh like I don't remember I was you I, weren't looking yeah I turned around I think I was about ready to crouch back down the cattails like and I was uh getting the my spot ready in the canoe <laughs> <laughs> and then I turn around right here I think I saw the corner of my eye I saw you uh getting ready to shoot and sure enough there's a blue wing that thing was streaking across our decoys yeah yeah like it was it was just a quick little buzz by and I was like well <laughs> I want to shoot a bird oh yeah. I mean, it was like the last like twenty minutes or whatever. It was like we got to get something on the board. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I mean, I wasn't really planning on shooting a whole lot today, working the dog, just because I want to put my time into her while I can and I have the opportunity to. Oh yeah. Um. But smoked it on the second shot. Reached down, unclipped Cora from the lead center. Went right to it. Came right back. Delivery was a little better. She was kind of she. That was the retrieve where she was like thinking about not coming to me. Mm-hmm. But then we kind of closed the distance and we we made it happen. Yeah, you could see her think about it, think about it. Then she's like spit it right in your hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I I think she's she just needs more reps. She oh, yeah. needs more time in the field. It's like putting all the pieces together that we we've, we've trained her to do. Which is kind of cool. Yep, definitely. There's just something about watching your own dog, young young dog, learn and overcome, and then like you know you're building that, you're building that bond even more, and then building that teamwork, and it's like it's just super rewarding. Oh, and like the hunt itself is way more rewarding. Like I could, I wouldn't care if I didn't pull the trigger today at all. Like yep. getting her to do what we've spent the past almost two years working on and seeing it kind of come together and seeing her kind of piece it all. Like it's so rewarding knowing that like nobody else taught this dog to do this other than me. Yep. Yep. Granted, like there's a lot of people that just kind of like throw their dog in the blind. It goes against ducks and whatever. (laughs) Like, I don't think there's that many to be honest. No, no. I mean, I'm sure there is the odd, the odd, dog that can do that but i feel like it just takes so much more to do it naturally yeah and i mean these are all not very complicated retrieves at all i mean she could have done them last year but i'm glad that i stopped hunting her last year because she totally wasn't ready and i can tell a big difference with myself and with her this year versus last year like i've i've grown into becoming like a dog handler versus a guy that has a dog. Yep. Like I'm 
so much more relaxed with her. Like I understand my dog a lot more and she's more mature now too. So like she's not as squirrely, <laughs> but she's still squirrely. I was going to say she's still a little squirrely, but not as much. as She's she still young. She's still young. I mean, she'll be two in December. Yep. That's still got a lot of puppy in her and uh, not two years yet. So yeah, it was cool though. It was it was a good hunt. Like even though we shot only three birds, it was still like a, a really neat hunt. Like I left my house this morning and I was shooting birds in North Dakota. Oh yeah. Working my dog. Yep. You broke your canoe paddle. I did. Kayak paddle actually. So a really nice one too. Yeah. I've had it for a few years. Another one bites the ducks. The ducks? <laughs> Another one bites the ducks. <laughs> the dust. <laughs> Oh, you can tell I'm tired. Ready to ready to sleep, ready to get up early and keep hammering the ducks. Oh, and hopefully pheasant too. So. Mm. We heard some tonight. Was yeah. that getting you excited? Um, yeah, it was. Definitely. I I'll be more excited when we're actually walking and trying to get some. I've never done it. That's honestly it's a bucket list for me to kill a wild pheasant. It has been for a while. Um, you know, I talk about it plenty of times on the podcast. You know, my grandpa got me into hunting at a young age. And, and uh, you know, my grandpa, me, and my dad and my uncles would go out hunting. And um, he was super big into wild pheasant hunting. And uh, I got I got his mounts um, on my wall, you know. And I've never got to do it myself, go after those wild pheasants. So um, if I can shoot one this trip, it'll be a dream come true, so. I'd be stoked if we, if we uh, end up finding them, have time after these duck hunts, and I think we will. I think we'll get on them. So, I think we'll have the opportunity, whether we can find them, whether Chief will be willing to flush one for us or not. But yeah, as long as Chief doesn't get too far out in front, he does pretty good about coming back. So, well, you don't want him to go out too far and then bump him and yeah. fly away. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Cora is going to be a little upland dog at some point probably because i've taken her out and like open fields and walked with her and she ranges really good and she works back and forth like right in front of you nice like i'm i'm looking forward to that probably not this trip no no we'll get a year of waterfowl under our belt yep it's like i want to get her solidified with duck hunting Mm -hmm. before i try anything else I'm. I am curious about if we shoot a goose, what she'd do. That'd be crazy because a goose like was half her size, <laughs> half her weight, but they're like actually pretty close to her size. I wouldn't say half her weight. But How much does a goose weigh? Like twelve pounds. Okay, <clears throat> definitely not half then. No, but big big bird for a little dog. Yep, yep, it'll be fun. Yep, well, um, I will let you guys know, too. We're actually doing these podcasts every other for the series. So um, if you haven't, subscribed over there to the Outdoor Limit podcast. Is that the right name for it? (laughs) There's an S on Limit. Outdoor Limits podcast. There you go. Make sure you do, because the next one, talking about how we do on tomorrow's hunt and the plan for the next day will be on his. Then we'll be back over here on the Duck on Podcast. And we'll be back on his again. And then um, we'll probably both do, I don't know if we'll do a wrap-up one or what. 
We'll do something. Because we'll have to, we'll have to, we'll probably have to get out of here pretty quick. Because on Sunday, uh, I got a, I got a long drive back home. So <laughs> after hunting for five days, so. Do you ask people to rate the podcast anymore? No, I don't. Should you? I don't know. Should people leave a rating? I th- no. I think that if the thing that people should do, if the number one thing, if you want to support the Duck Gun Podcast, is tell a buddy, tell a friend, and tell another duck hunter. Tell your brother that hunts, your dad that hunts, your uncle. Tell other people to come listen to the Duck Gun Podcast. Um, And subscribe to Duck Gun Chronicles on YouTube. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, that's the number one thing, I think. But who knows? I don't know. But I think that's all we got for today. You got anything else you want to add, Josh? No, you look like you're about to go to sleep. Dude, I am tired. (laughs) It's like hitting me hard. (coughs) Excuse me. But, um. No, we're super excited. There's we got a ton of plans, adventures, scouting to do, hunting to do, ducks, pheasant, geese, you name it. We're gonna be tackling it all this week, um, and on the videos. So we're recording all the videos, obviously, and same thing on the videos. We're doing every other on the Outdoor Limit podcast, Outdoor Limits podcast. <laughs> Wait, Outdoor Limits YouTube and Duck Gun Chronicles YouTube. They'll be going back and forth. So. Um, definitely stay tuned for all that. But anyways, guys, I'm Jordan from Duncan Chronicles and Josh from Outdoor Limit. <laughs> and we'll see you guys on the on the next one. <laughs> <laughs>